0: Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem-solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
1: Hello and welcome to the Ramon Foster Show, starring the one and only Ramon Foster over there. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This program is brought to you by the Get-Go Cafe and Market. Open around the clock with fresh hot food. Moan, it is a tough time in the nation. I know. I know,
0: man. It's hard out here. It is hard out here. Uh, I've I've told my wife this a little bit of my friends. You know, all my family become bigger Scylla fans because why? Hey, I represented the organization. And we've just been talking about like, man, I don't know what's to come. Ben kind of said this is his last one. Not officially, but hard or different times might be in front of us.
1: Yeah. And, and it's funny. I mean, we've talked about so many different issues related to this team entering the season and now into the season. And as much as we've focused, and rightly so, on the offensive line, it's all swung back to number seven. It just has.
0: It does, and it's going to continue, too. And you know what? He's done a really professional, good, humble job of taking that heat, too. I'll, I'll say that by owning up to it, by saying it's on me, he's got to play better and stuff like that. Um, I'm sure the fan base is probably just like, okay, but we want to see results.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that is kind of it.
0: You know, like, that's the thing about, uh, I think, most sports, but especially football because there's so much time to wonder and think and and make up different scenarios, and and this is the thing, too. At the end of the day, fans want to see wins and not losses, you know what I'm saying? And the other side of that is – when you have a loss, it exposes a whole lot of things that you wouldn't have actually talked about. A false, uh, like penalties. Hey, we'll correct them on the way to winning. Uh, Turnovers. We'll correct them on the way to winning. But when you lose, it brings all of those issues to the forefront. And I think that's kind of where this fan base is on a lot of, um, you know, the issues that's going on. And, at the top of that list for some people is going to be the O line, or it's going to be Ben in this situation. Because even on a national on a national scale, looking at the four letter network or any other network that's discussing the still as they point the finger right back at Ben, Ben or the O line right now, and that's one of the biggest talking points. Um, I get a alert to my phone this morning. I know Coach Tomlin is uh, back in Ben, but is it time to pull the plug? Like that's going to be the biggest conversation. Un- until probably Ben retires.
1: Well, I'll ask you then, because I trust you more than the four-letter network. <sighs> what do you do with Ben? What do you do? I mean, and w- when you're watching him right now, he's not himself. He's he's saying that. He's acknowledging that. Mm-hmm. He's not seeing open guys, and he's the strangest part. Moan is that a lot of this isn't something that looks like it's age-related. I mean, when you're not reading the field, when you're not seeing the field, that's not something that happened just because, you know, you got old. Yeah, no,
0: because Tom Brady's proven that to be different, right? Kind of, yeah. (laughs) Um, What do you do in this situation? I I guess in our situation in Pittsburgh, you ask yourself, well, is there a better option if this is what you want to do? I was talking to somebody about, you know, the 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 coach in, in Jacksonville with Urban Meyer, his situation. Like, if you fire him, what's a better option at this point? And I honestly think that's why their ownership chose not to move forward with the firing of, you know, uh, Urban Meyer. So with Ben, you know, do you feel better with Mason? Do you feel better with Dwayne? Do you feel better with, I don't know, putting Najee at, 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 at scat back or something? You know what so i like, That's what, hell, I mean, Wildcat. Like, that's that's where we're at with the the better options at this point. Like, it's been probably the better option because he's been in the game. He's been poised. He can make it happen however he has for 19, 20 years so far, too. That might be the the end-all, be-all to that answer right there is, do you feel overly confident in everybody else involved in that room? And
1: I'll, I'll tell you, the thing that I keep coming back
0: Respectfully, to, I say that, too, because. Yeah, no, I know okay, you do. Yeah,
1: yeah I, th- I think everybody everybody who would be tuning into a show like this would know that that's the context. I, I look at where he is, and I see a quarterback who's doing things too quickly. Uh, he has the NFL's fastest release time for the second year in a row. Moan, he was leading the league through three games, And Mm -hmm. then that figure, that that release figure, dropped by another half second in Green Bay. Yeah, when he actually was getting some protection. Okay, so what I'm getting at here is if you – when he tells us this week that he has an issue with – that he believes that part of his thing is lower body mechanics, that he's not getting set for the throw – yeah, and that's something that he and Mike Sullivan, the quarterbacks coach, have worked on this week. They looked at film. They saw that that's the reason for his inaccuracy. Okay, well, you know what I hear when I hear that? What you hear? I hear that he's not getting set. Why is he not getting set? Why is his why are his feet not getting set? You know why? Because he thinks he's going to get slammed, and he thinks if he steps up in the pocket that someone's going to roll into that leg and end his career. I'm, I'm, that I'm just ain't saying, what okay, he that's want. not that's not passing the buck. I just I, – I really – I'm not going to blame everything on the offensive line. No. But I think it started started past tense there. It does. I mean, think about his best years of production, though, too, as far as numbers.
0: I'm not tooting our own horn, but we, we protected him. Munch made it a point to make sure that we did in all aspects of the game. So, when you say, you know – getting his feet set. Like you said, this past game against Green Bay, the protection, the Green Bay, the, the protection was better. But it also comes down to the fact that, look, you're a little shell-shocked sometimes. You know, like, I'll never forget me becoming a starter. Like, it'd be something that happened that wasn't necessarily my fault, but I was a guy that was looked at. You know what I'm saying? And that goes the same way for a young guy coming in. Like, if BJ came into the game, i just throw him out. Like, we always looked at him like, hey, do, do your job. And then you gain trust. The more you battle with those guys, that's one of the things that was so interesting about all of us being gone. And at the time, Dave being the lone wolf that was still there is, man, that's going to be a weird feeling for Dave because he's got to gain the trust of all those dudes around him. Then you take Dave out. So the one calming, I guess, sense that Ben had was the fact that he knew that Dave could be there. Now that Dave's not there and Ben's got a whole new group, minus BJ also, minus Zach, because he's still not on the field. I'm sure he is a little gun shy when it comes down to standing in the pocket and trusting that. Like I got a signed picture of my garage uh, hanging up on the wall that Ben signed, and I put it in there for a reason because one, you're gonna see my work a little bit too. Okay. Most people come in through the garage, but the other side is thanks for he he signed it by saying, Thanks for always having my back. Hmm. So we go in the games. And I feel like his confidence came through the fact that he knew that if we weren't going to get if, if we were going to give up a sack on them, they were going to have to fight and we just got beat pretty quick, okay? Like, that's just how it was with him. But if he was ever on the ground, he knew that we had him at all times. You're going to get up because we're going to pull you up. You're, we're going to have your back at all times because that's how we're going to roll. Now, it might not have been pretty all the time, but we was going to fight. We were all going to be on the same page. And he knew, he knew that we knew as much as he did as far as the protections went. Because Coach Munch made it a a point to do that, too. And um, this, this group of guys right now is super young. That cohesion that we talk about growing up together is something that I said needs to happen. That takes time. And you got an older quarterback right now that's not real sure of the guys that's in front of him. Now, I'll say this. Looking at an older quarterback in Tom Brady that went to Tampa, they went out and got a first-round left tackle who played lights out. Was he all pro or pro bowl last year in his rookie year? The highest-rated rookie, I think, of offensive linemen last year. And, and worfs, I think Tristan Wurfs, also had a, a, a line set up in front of him already also. The reason good quarterbacks make it happen like that, it is because of that line, that confidence. That look, even if I get hit, I'm not going to get killed. You know what I'm saying? And if I do, I know it'll never happen for a long time after that. And I think that's just where he is. is one, wanting to make it happen. on on offense like it's gonna happen because I'm gonna make it happen and the second part is the fact that he's just that competitive type and I know it might be some discourse between the fan base on benching him and putting a new guy in and that's just always that's the way he's always been and I wouldn't ever imagine him switching that up either
1: well I know this whenever he had time in the pocket and he looked comfortable and he had his feet set there was a 45-yard touchdown a dime I know. dropped into Deontay Johnson's hands. Uh, I would imagine that in their film studies, the Steelers themselves noticed that touchdown. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? One, and, and and there was a there was an actual rhythm to that drive. There mm-hmm. were some there were some rushes, and he was put into a situation where he was made comfortable. The comfortable. idea that the 39-year-old quarterback was gonna be the bailout for a, a team that didn't have an offensive line and didn't have a running game, it was never realistic. Mm-hmm. It was never plausible. He had to feel that too. Yes. And I, I, my, I guess my only point with Ben, my stance mm-hmm. with Ben entering this week against Denver is I at least want to see what he has or doesn't have in a setting like that. Like, give mm-hmm. me one team... That can't rush the quarterback. Denver ain't it, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Von Miller, might it's got have a monster about coming that. off the. Air. It's just, then, uh, but but they uh, and they have more than yeah, they have more than him, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and this, I just want to see before you take eighteen years of a career and just throw it out. I at least want to see. Hey, hang on a second. That pass to Deontay. That was that was That's done the one. That that's what you want to see from this offense as a whole. Mm-hmm. And I'd rather see that before getting into you know, Mason or anything else. I know another part of it, though, too, is it's of a
0: younger roster, there's a lot of guys that's played a whole lot. A lot of young guys that's played a mm-hmm. whole lot. But it's I feel like it's almost at a point where it's like the dog days of resetting is upon us. You know what I'm saying? Well, you hear about Campus is hard. They're in pads every day. It's not – I feel like that's coming because that's a little bit of what we went through when the older guys had an exodus a little bit. While we, You know, when they started winging us into the other era of our era, that's where they are. But the thing is, you don't have you, – you have an older quarterback, number one, playing with a whole new group around them. And that right there in itself, the not excuse-making for, for him because if you need to play – better than you do that you command that you demand that from the people around you and he said it himself but it's a lot of new moving parts that got to get on the same page
1: when we come back the dog days of resetting he just used that phrase i think that's where we're gonna go here the dog days of resetting right after this (laughs) all right here we go I was waiting for you to clap
0: oh (laughs) now i gotta clap again because you acting like a child
1: (laughs) here we go okay i'm a child welcome back to the ramon foster show where we're having a little bit too much fun this week considering the general mood of the franchise and the fan base and everything, we should be showing up here playing violins and pianos and everything else. Uh, use, use the phrase dog days of resetting. Yeah. And I just, I, I got to get you to elaborate a little bit on that. That's growing pains in a professional football world. That's a
0: bunch of new faces. Seeing new faces and old numbers that you're used to. It's watching Brett Kiesel leave, Casey Hampton leave, Travis Kersky leave. Uh, um, um, Just that group of guys depart. It's watching James Ferrier not be there anymore. It's watching James Harrison leave, go to another team, and all these new people like, what's going on here? It's going to be, I feel like, some struggle, some identities that's got to stay the same, some, I guess, a standard has to remain the same. But I feel like in that that standard that we're looking for, it might be a little bit of a dip. Because this is what we know to be true a little bit right now. Most organizations, when they go from one quarterback to another, I'll use the Colts, for instance. When Peyton left, there was, what, a year or two of, like, some replacement guys that were just like, what are we doing Bad season for the Colts, right? It was Hell yeah. A, that was the dog days of a reset for that organization. Now, I'm not sure if it's going to go that route when it comes down to the Steelers, because there's always a – the defense is either going to support it or the offense has supported the defense in, in the world of football. One way or another, right. One way or the other. But now mm-hmm. we're at a point to where Pittsburgh has never really lost a quarterback in the last 18 years, you said. So with that being the case, think about the organization that has had to reset that. Going from Tony Romo to Dak Prescott, like there was some growing pains in that. There was some, where are we as an organization? Dak is, what, six years in now before they actually get to the point where the Cowboys are back comfortable. Look at what Philly has had went through before they got Carson Wentz for that one year or two. And then he leaves again, and then they have a bad season. Right now I'm looking at, like I said, revisiting the Colts. Go from Peyton to a group of guys that we didn't really know much about. Bad season, guess who gets the number one overall pick? Mm -hmm. The Colts, do, And then they get a young guy. I mean, let's not act like Andrew Luck was the, you know what I'm saying, the the godsend for him heaven when it came down to his play his rookie year. You saw some good things, but there were some growing pains. And then you had to rebuild a little offensive line around him. Tried to. I mean, he got hit so many times he messed around and retired because of that. Now they're finally getting to the point where they ended up investing in the O-line. The defense is a whole lot better. Yes, they got Carson Wentz, and he's a little bit hurt, too. But you, you feel like they're getting back to the stability aspect. Again, another organization, Denver, the same exact thing you go through the ups and downs of trying to find out what's next. And Pittsburgh hadn't gone through that at all. And that's why I said the dog days of it, because it might be a little bit different. Unless yeah. there's a guy that comes in a free agency like Aaron Rodgers or something, but.
1: Yeah, that's, I mean, that's <laughs> right. That's when you do the Tampa Bay style reset. Exactly. Which but when has goes.
0: Pittsburgh ever done that, at no, that? position? no.
1: And that's why I, I, I keep focusing on to an extent what we see now and what can turn into that kind of trust and cohesion now. I'll give you an example. Yet again, the Deontay play. Yeah. And here's why. Joe Haig's filling in at right tackle. Yeah. Uh, Joe Haig, if you if you saw him walking towards you and then you saw Chooks walking next to him, you'd never dream that they play the same position, that they have the same occupations. Yeah. Chooks looks like... Like he's like Thanos. He's like a world eater. Okay. He's a he's a specimen. And and Joe Haig is the guy who'd be carrying his bags. Okay. <laughs> but here's the thing they sent the Packers did a, a rusher who was lined up a little bit wide. Mm-hmm. So he'd have something of a of a literal edge. And he goes he goes in offside. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And Haig stays with him. It's a free play. Yep. Hague stays with him. Moves his feet. Gets across. Engages. Stays high, but stays strong. Pushes him back. And even when it looks like he might be getting around him, he moves that much further. Ben had a completely clean pocket. Now Ben looks to Joe Haig after that, because you know that if no one else in that stadium, yeah, noticed it, yeah, Evan did. Yes. Okay. That's- and and that to me is the kind of thing that you can look at him in the eyes and say, All right, all right, you're here. Okay, yeah. let's 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 proceed now. Now I, I trust you based on the last good thing I saw. Exactly. And and that's where I, I
0: mean like all of those things. Let's say if if Ben's done. The new guy that comes in got to gain that that, re- that trust over, over again, over
1: again, with each individual and the, the collective and the coordinator. Man, this is just on the new. Like, yes. like honestly, like let's be
0: real here for a second. So honestly, I don't even feel like this is a, a, a an interview. This is just a full conversation. Let's be completely honest here. When there was when James Harrison was gone, Kiesel, Hampton, Kersky, uh, Ferrier, Troy, uh, Ryan Clark. Will Gay. I'm naming all these guys in that defense. For a while, there was a little bit of... I'll say this, honestly. I feel like the offense carried that group until they got together. Until, hey, uh, Cam became a guy. Tua became a guy. TJ became a guy. You had to go through Worlds. You had to go through Jarvis Jones. Had to find Shazier. You had to find corners. You go get Joe. Like Until that group finally came together to support the offense, I, I honestly... At this point, felt like it was a, a couple years too late from where we were in our prime, meaning it offensively. Yeah. It didn't line up. And what you want from your team is to have that defense lining up at the exact same time that the offense does. But when I say the hard reset of what's going to happen offensively, I'm speaking about just getting that line together. Actually knowing what's going to go. On. I think Chooks and Zach both got deals coming up, if not just got one. Um, you got a one-year right guard. You got a young guy still at left guard, and you got a new young center who you want to be better next year. Defense is pumping, honestly. Like, that's where the strength is right now on that team It's the defense. You need something to happen very fast for this offense, whether it's free agency, whether Ben gets comfortable with these guys and with the guys in front of them. But the idea that this offense might struggle a few more years – it's real because we've witnessed it. We just had a exciting offense to kind of hide the other things. We could score it will
1: almost. Yeah, because then what ends up happening too, Moan, when we're talking about this reset, we are principally talking about the offense because you don't just go and sign TJ to a zillion-dollar deal <laughs> and now you're about to give Minka a zillion-dollar deal. And, Cam. And, 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 yeah, you're not going to do that and say, Hey, let's start over mm-hmm. with this defense or start over with this whole team. But what you have to do is you have to find a way to hit fast forward on offense. You got to, and that's not easy because in addition to everything else we're talking about here, Juju is also going to be a free agent next year.
0: Deontay's a
1: second, is a what, a
0: third rounder? So as far as him getting a fifth year option, you don't have that option. You got to either give him a deal or franchise him. Also,
1: so what are you so? How do you hit fast forward on a, on an offense that looks like, like you said, it's going to be a while? It it, it might be. And you know? I'll say this too, just being honest with you, like
0: Cam knew that their defense was lacking when we were pumping on offense. We putting up 40 points and we still lose a game. You know what I'm saying? Like it was understood that, man, we got to catch up to y'all like our bat. And it was time source. The latter part of our careers when the offense was stagnant a little bit. I, I used to go to Cam, man, y'all doing everything y'all need to. We can't score right now. We're gonna get it right. And I hope there's gonna be understanding from the fan base like that that look, it might take a year or two, and you hope it don't, but the reality of it is there it might be some rough days. No, you're blowing it
1: up. Just just say it. You're blowing it up. You are you are blowing it up. I mean, a bit you know, and again, you can do that within the context of having a TJ Watt and having other guys that mean a lot to your franchise. Yeah. Um, but you got, Oh, and you know, these guys' personalities too. I'm going to talk about the people that run the team. They don't have, they don't have a rebuild in them. This head coach doesn't have a rebuild in him. I mean, it, let's, it, let's be clear here. This, <laughs> they wouldn't want to be part of that. It, it. I'll say this. It depends honestly on what could
0: happen. Agency-wise, or just if the culture still stays the same, then you got a shot to do that. But to groom a new young rookie quarterback, if that's the the avenue, let's say where they're picking at what what is this? What is the record going to be? They lost three straight. Now, if you're picking in the top ten, you got an op- you got an opportunity to get a franchise guy. But after that top ten, sometimes it still takes a little bit of development, man. When it comes down to just not being ready yet
1: oh man when we come back <laughs> we you come look exhausted back, after that conversation i know it's just uh, pushing because you plunger. plan the scenarios in your I head know, about
0: that was pu- the reality the
1: plunger with the pittsburgh steelers is probably about a depressing a thing as you can bring up when it comes to pittsburgh sports because they're the yes. one team that just never you know and It does become necessary for everybody. It really does. When we come back, we're going to do Ramon's Slice of Life. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show. It's time for our Slice of Life with segment. Slice of Life with segment? What? Over again. (laughs) Damn it. Okay. The bloopers could be the Slice of Uh, Life. (laughs) Yes. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show. It's time for our slice of life segment and moan injuries are such a big part of the game Yeah, they're a big part of athletes lives yeah and one of the things that you have to deal with as an athlete maybe the toughest thing is the inevitable push to get back out there because what does the coach say Um, your best ability is your availability. Yeah. And that's just not a phrase. I mean, that's a thing here. That's something that, you know, James Conner ended up hearing it in every hallway, every which way he turned. Okay. Uh, because the coaches start taking it personally because, Hey, we're setting up this game plan for you all week long and we assume you're going to be okay. And in the first quarter, you're limping off. Um, there is pressure. There's no question about that, is there? There's pressure on the athlete to return. It is, and I'll, I'll say this too: a lot of the
0: pressure comes from within, also. Really? Um, yeah, because the fear of missing out on a good time. Okay, meaning with your oh, boys okay. on the okay. field is something that's I thought you
1: meant from teammates. I was going to say that's not something. No, that uh, I okay, no, yeah, like what?
0: The, the fear of missing out is 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 real because. Mm-hmm. One, most athletes think of themselves as invincible. Like, man, I got this. Put this in front of me, I'm going to get it. I'm lifting 225 right now. By the end of the summer, I'm lifting 275. Like, you see goals in your mind about it. So having an injury that holds you out makes you think, like, why am I like this? I, I hate being injured. It uh, sucks being injured because I can do that. And then let's say if the team wins without you. Ooh. Think about that. Like, you, you go play Monday Night Football. I'm getting my name called on Monday night football, but I'm not playing like or or I'm not going to play that game like that's what it does to you. Or, or what if it's a bad loss also, man, if I had been in there, we wouldn't have lost like that. We would have won probably, you know, like that's the ideas of it. And, and the, the psychological aspect of, of getting guys through those moments comes down to one or two things. One, being bold enough to say I'm not ready yet. Like, coach. You think what you want to about me, but I don't feel right. Or it's holding the guy back, if you're the coach, to be like, I can't put you out there in that situation. I value your health not just now, but more down the line because you don't deserve to be out there than, less than. You know, and that's one of those situations where I know everybody's probably just saying, and even me, man, I want to see what this line is going to be like when Zach Banner gets out there
1: well I mean Zach Banner has looked like he's going to get out there at times he's practiced he had a pet an apparent setback in the preseason mm-hmm. but to the to this to the same knee and they haven't put him out there they put him on IR he was eligible to come off last week he still didn't play uh, they put Joe Haig out there instead yeah um, I guess there's something to be said for that I mean there's not it- rushing him
0: it is, uh, and I gotta give it uh, to 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 Norwig, Sonia, Dino, just the whole entire gang, because I'm I'm like, for for them to be able to tell Coach Coach, now is not the time, and also for the coaches to already be like that, Clem and Coach T to be like, we are gonna hold you back because we want the best you, not just you, we want the best you. Uh, you know, I covered the, the Titans here in, in Tennessee, and it was it was the interview done today about a former Steeler Bud Dupree.
1: And Bud has not gotten off to anything remotely resembling the kind of start everybody in Nashville wanted.
0: Exactly. But it was two things that needed to be said about that before he actually got on the field. One, Bud is a go-harder. We see that at all times. He's going to go hard at all times. So because that you got to be able to hold him back from himself. Bud said today in an interview uh, after the Titans practice, my pride got in the way. I was out there playing hurt when I shouldn't have been. And you know what's happened the last two weeks? He hasn't played at all. So when it comes down to getting the best out of your guys, and really they lost
1: the- to the to the to the Jets. Jets. Okay. So <laughs> there's no way we were gonna get through that sentence yeah. without bringing that up.
0: And they lost to the Jets, but it go it really comes down to DK and listeners that look. Sometimes you got to protect yourself from yourself, and sometimes it takes somebody above you, a coach or somebody to say, hey, I'd rather have you in October, November, December than to have you right now. And that's the approach I think Zach is getting now more than anything. And I can respect that because you'd think that he'd be a really good fix to be on that offensive line. It wouldn't hurt. You know what I'm saying? but patience in this one is going to pay off not only for Zach and the trust that he's getting from inside that building, but also for him mentally, too. Like, when he goes out there, he know, I'm ready to go. And that's something that guys want to feel when they're going out there on that field, man. You don't want to be out there, honestly, testing taking it. pain meds yeah. and testing yeah. it and and trying to figure out how you're going to feel the next day because you know you did what you shouldn't have done by getting on that field too soon.
1: Yeah, that's... It's... it's We've seen a lot of cases of that, and we've also seen cases of guys go out there when they aren't ready um, and just not perform as well. They don't get re-injured, but I think we saw that uh, the previous week with T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith, both against the Bengals with the groin injuries. and There just wasn't that same explosiveness. Um, And then think about even in another sport, Kevin Durant.
0: He was a guy that, you know, that said he he felt something. And then he goes out in that playoff game and tears Achilles right after that. It was labeled as a calf situation. Then he ends up tearing his Achilles. You, 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 you are the business of you when it all boils down. And if you don't make those right decisions, especially when dealing with an injury, you're going to end up hurting yourself even further down the line. And you know this to be true, too. The NFL is a
1: what-have-you-done-for-me-lately league. I think all professional sports are there. What was your own approach to this? Because you, you had, I mean, I, I remember vividly the whole coming back, and I'm going to be ready for Cleveland. I'm going to be ready for <laughs> Cleveland. When we all thought you were completely <laughs> shot that day in Latrobe, yeah. and you're like, I'm going to be ready for the opener. I'm going to be ready. And there, I mean, you were there. I was. But did, I, I, you know, did you push too hard? I push hard because that's just me. Like I you said, most- push too hard.
0: No, nah, what well, percentage
1: were you that day? You can I was tell probably us probably about
0: 87%.
1: Yeah, see, that's but not you what know you was, told me that day in Cleveland, but okay, I see like, how you are. But you
0: know how my my, my, my percentage went up? It's because mm-hmm. of the decision my coach made though, too. Coach T said to me, Moan, I'm gonna monitor you. I'm gonna see how you're gonna be. A lot of things are gonna go until you start in this game. I'm like, all right, Coach T, I'm always fine. You asked me how I man, I'm good, I'm fine. Cool. That day in Cleveland, it rained a good bit. It rained all game. The
1: dreaded tie. The dreaded tie.
0: Remember, it rained. It was an overcast. It was like low 80s. So, yes, I played in a game, but my percentage might have been 85 87% ready. But this is what was going against the defense. It was raining, so the footwork was slower. It was going to have to be a run game. Great equalizer. I was good going forward inside to side because you had to slow down the way I was already handled because of my knee. Mm-hmm. So, Coach T told me, Mo, I wasn't gonna play you this week." Lucky for you, it rained and it was <laughs> cool outside. He said, "If that turf had been hard and dry, and they, could,
1: they could pivot and and come to hard stops and go right around you." <laughs> so it's a
0: it's a it's a mindset of of do right by the guys, and for that reason, right there, I was just like whole different respect for the guy. You know what I'm saying? As far as Coach T and the management of putting me out there when I was probably a little bit less now.
1: That's funny because he always ends up whenever he whenever we talk to him about injuries, he just says, Man, I'm just looking at this list. And <laughs> you just know it's not true. It's not no. true at all. He's a he's
0: a he's a I'll say this, he's a a lover of the game of football and he respects that part of it too, which again leads back to the Ben situation too. What other options does he have to go with somebody else besides Ben? When one, that throw to Deontay, that's the guy that you say, poke him in the rib a little bit more. We going to get that out of him. Yeah.
1: You know what I'm saying? Like, that's him. Yeah, well, you know <laughs> – to, to to conclude here with Ben, since that is topic A here, you know I, I could also argue that if he has Chase Claypool and those routes that Juju ran on those two deep passes that weren't complete, which they were designed for Claypool, by the way, if Claypool's out there and Ben throws three TDs, we're not having this dialogue at all. L- we're just not. Exposes not. everything. It just does. It really does. We'll see how they handle the Denver Broncos this week, Moan. This has been excellent.